nekuda behechala, the point of the sicha within the chamber of the spiritual lesson. Mitzora, sicha 2, volume 17. Titled, Don't Just Get All Carried Away. This week's Torah portion discusses the laws of impurity that can befall a person. Among them is the impurity caused by a discharge. The verse states, And an earthenware vessel which the man with the discharge will touch shall be broken, and any wooden vessel shall be rinsed in water. Upon this verse, Rashi quotes the words, And an earthenware vessel which the man with the discharge will touch, and he comments, One might think that even if he touches it from the outside, and then he goes on, as is taught in Torah Kohanim, which is the, quote, he touches, end quote, of the whole vessel when he moves it. Now, in order to understand this, we are going to need to explore some categories and laws of impurities. Let's talk about the categories of the source. That could be a dead body, bodily discharges, or a dead rodent. Let's talk about the recipient. The recipient can be a person or a vessel. Let's talk about the form of contact. Contact can be through touching, sitting or laying on it, even though your body is not touching it, or moving it. These are the different categories we'll need to understand our Rashi. Now, our case is speaking of the source being a bodily discharge, Recipient being earthenware and the form of contact being touching. Now let us understand what and why Rashi is commenting on this case. Previously we were taught in a verse, but any earthenware vessel into whose interior any of them, meaning dead creatures, falls. Now here Rashi comments, and I quote, an earthenware vessel becomes unclean only through its inner space, end quote. Meaning that specifically with the earthenware, impurity is not transferred through touching, but through the source of the impurity entering within the inside space of the vessel. Hence, Rashi is dealing with our verse stating and an earthenware vessel which the man with the discharge will touch, and explains this touching means moving. Now, however, being that Rashi's commitment is to, I quote, but I have only come to teach the simple meaning of the scripture, end quote, what forces Rashi to define touch as move? Especially since we can simply say, that in the first verse, we are speaking of a more lenient source of impurity, a dead rodent, which doesn't impurify through sitting or laying. While our verse is speaking of a stricter source of impurity, bodily discharge, which does impurify through sitting or laying. Hence, it makes sense to say that even though the dead rodent only impurifies an earthenware through entering into its inner space, nevertheless, impurity from a discharge 
and purifies an earthenware even through touching its outside. Now, the Torah Kohanim, which Rashi himself alludes to, he brings a proof from a kalvechoyme, a fortiori, from a dead body, which is the strictest impurity. Now, the dead body, which doesn't impurify an, an earthenware by touching it from the outside, how much more so that a discharge impurity, which is more lenient, doesn't impurify an earthenware by touching it from the outside. However, Rashi does not bring this kalvachoma, this fortiori. So why does Rashi not simply accept that in our verse, touch means simply touching, without defining it to mean moving? The answer is that Rashi is bothered by our verse being redundant, especially the words, quote, which the man with the discharge will touch. Why so? Verse 7 states, anyone who touches the flesh of the man with a discharge and goes on to say he shall remain unclean. And then verse 11 states, whomever the man with the discharge touches without having rinsed his hands, he shall remain unclean. Now the Talmud finds this redundancy of verse 11 concerning verse 7 telling us that it must be teaching us a totally different law. However, Rashi feels that in the category of, quote, the simple meaning of the scripture, end quote, the addition of the detail of the hands, which teaches us about revealed organs only, need to be immersed in a purifying bath and not any hidden organ, just that detail justifies the repetition of the entire verse. However, in our verse number 15, where we begin again to repeat the law of touching the one who has a discharge with no new detail, Rashi is forced to say that there is a whole new detail in the law of touching an earthenware, which is the law of moving. He touches of the whole vessel, meaning he moves it. Now we understand why Rashi is forced to make a comment interpreting touching as moving. The spiritual lesson that the Rebbe teaches us from this. Earthenware represents our body, as the verse says, and God formed man from the earth. And we are taught that touching from the outside our physical pursuits of eating, drinking, etc., to the overindulgence point of a discharge, a spiritual ailment, as long as we have within us the humility of being an earthenware, only <clears throat> it does not become impure. Only when one allows himself to descend to the point of being, he, meaning the discharge, touches of the whole vessel does he need to have his external egocentric will, I quote the words of the verse, shall be broken, end quote, in order to reveal his eternal inner purity.